Hi, Mirete. Hi, Serge. So you've done a lot of work about what happens when we forget to feel. Uh, yeah, you're right. That is uh, what I specialized in for many years. It's this uh, concept of hypo states. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll say a little about what, what that is. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I mean, hypo states can be found in the body in many levels. We, have, we can have hypo states in organs. Uh, so it's a, it's a broad concept, but what I am specialized in is the muscle system and the autonomic nervous system. And using that knowledge in how we work with trauma. And what is special about the hypo states is that they are the ones we don't feel. They're the ones we forget. They're the ones we, that kind of fall out of consciousness, um, which makes them a very different challenge compared to the hyper states where we go tense or we go very mobilized or we go in flight or fight or all that. That has a lot of visible energy in it. And with that, it's easier to track. Yeah. So I, I think that is the logic of why the hypo states have been paid less attention to, which, which they have. Because they're less visible, because in a way yes. they don't exist, because we're yes. not, you know, it's an absence. It's, yeah. it, it's perceived as an absence. It is. And it's, I mean, it's a genius strategy because we get rid of something literally in ourselves. We don't have to feel it. And of course, that is a very, very practical strategy to have available in both inside traumatic situations, but also just in daily life. So these hypo states are part of how we can get out of inner dilemmas. If some parts of us are not really welcome in a situation, or if we have learned in our childhood that these states or these skills were not welcome, what do we do with them? Yeah. And the traditional uh, way is that we contract them, right? We control them, we hold them back. That's the tension. But the less spoken about strategy is that we, we make them flaccid. We literally uh, take the energy out of them or energy pours out of them, out of the muscles, and then we don't feel the dilemmas anymore because it's as if they don't exist. But so, so what you're talking about here is we're not in that uh, continuum of trauma of saying this is something that happens only in trauma when everything else has failed. But you're talking about it as something that is part of an everyday adaptation to life. Yes. And then, so, that, so it, it has that very broad uh, perspective. And then what I have specialized is in seeing how this very normal strategy, what consequence does it have when we work with trauma? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But the phenomenon itself is very normal. And I can give you, I could give you um, some examples from uh, in this uh, Corona time, I am doing a lot of work online. I'm working with clients. I'm working with supervision groups. And um, uh, with all of them, pretty much all of them, <clears throat> I 
we go into a process of uh, what is it that has happened to your presence uh, in this situation? What are the stresses and how does it impact your body? So that we can back, get back into more fullness. And one example from yesterday is this client of mine from Canada who, 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 came, who came in with just a lot of stress in her upper body impacted by her work situation and unclarity around her, her tasks and um, unclarity from the boss, etc. And what she was very aware of was the typical pattern of shoulders all the way up uh, towards her ears. And then what I do is I, I ask her first to just settle into the chair to get in contact with her feet and her sitting bones allow some release of the tension so it becomes less noisy the mm -hmm. tension right and then i ask her so then please pay attention to where is it your body is not as filled out where is it it has gone flaccid or which parts is it you have forgotten to feel and then I ask her to make comparisons to help her. Now, this is a person who tried it before. So for her, it was quite easy. With other people, you need to train the skill to track it. Where is it? And you can do that by comparing body parts. Is there a difference between the backside and the front side of the body? The upper part and the lower part, the right side, the left side, the outside, the inside. These comparisons can help us to track where this, where is it we are not really present? Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. through tension, but through this flaccidity, which is a giving up. And what she so, tracked, so I wanted, wanted I to come just, in. I yeah. want to try to summarize some of what I hear mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Yes. So uh, the concept is paying attention to the areas of flaccidity. Um, and um, yeah. first, you were talking to this client about noticing the tension itself, because that overall yeah. tension can hide. You yes. know, we only perceive the tension if that's there. And so uh, paying attention to it, which helps mm -hmm. relax it, then yes. allows her to not just be focused on the tension that is very real and see underneath and uh, what you're pointing out is that the flaccidity is not necessarily a general state of the whole organism, mm -hmm. but it can be localized. Yes. In fact, uh, the way yes. you look for it is to look at, uh, you know, perceptions of different parts of the body to notice which ones might be more flaccid than others and therefore gaining consciousness of that flaccidity. Mm -hmm. Yes, you got it. And, and you got this point of that uh, when we're looking for specific parts of the body, it's even more specific. We are looking for muscle groups mm -hmm. right? or even specific muscles that can be flaccid. Where if you have an overall hypo state in the whole body, you are very likely to be in hypo arousal instead, which would be a, an impact from the, the autonomic nervous system. Right, and we can come okay. back to that later. Okay, but what so I'm really we're, we're wanting to try, it, hmm? we're making Something. a bookmark that yeah. there's going to be a difference between hypoarousal of the ANS 
yes. versus that localized group of yes. muscle or specific muscle. Yes. Yeah. And the reason for going for that first is that that gives us a tool. Muscles you can impact. Muscles you can do something very practical with. And if you know what to do with flaccid muscles, how to invite energy back into them, you can, you can have a chance to modify that defense pattern. Um, so she tracked this Canadian client I had yesterday. She tracked uh, that um, she didn't really feel the lower part of her body. She didn't feel her feet and her legs. They were not filled out, which is a very typical pattern. You go all the way up here, and then something lower down is more gone. Could be feet, legs, it could be the center area. So then what we did was to, and that's the practical methodology, it's to bring in energy in a low dose. Because if we just bring energy in, a lot of energy, then you, then you in a way polarize to the flaccidity. Mm. You try to kickstart it, which you may be successful in, but it's not gonna change the pattern then you're just kind of pushing energy into yourself again. And then when you relax, you're going you're gonna to go flaccid again. So the, the whole technique is how do we bring energy in in a way that's sustainable? Where the kind of the muscle relearns how to tolerate a higher energy level. And with that, be able to access the emotional or psychological content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're talking about bringing energy, is it bringing energy, for instance, from the higher part of the body to the lower or uh, finding question. something? No, okay. I'm, I'm, it's, it's bringing energy into those areas by doing something practical. Okay. And, and for example, with the feet and legs, uh, you could do a, just a tiny little push with your feet into the ground. Okay. Just a tiny little. And so, so I'm inviting people as they're listening, if you're sitting, uh, to just notice, obviously you, you're not necessarily having no energy in your legs, but just to notice the difference of what happens when you dig in your heels. Yes, yes. And now you say the heels, if you, if you dig in with the heels, you will, you will bring most of the activation up on the backside. If you use the whole foot, you will, you will bring more energy in into the center line. So there are all these small nuances to how we do it that will impact what muscular uh, uh, groups you are activating. And all of it can, have, uh, can be resourcing. It's a question of who we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that's another thing in it is that I always ask people to experiment. I give them options. And then I ask them to try out what works for you. And especially to try out which dosage works. Because the typical pattern is that when you ask people to do something muscularly, they do it with a relative amount of strength because that's what we were taught mm-hmm. generally, right? So it's a, it's a training to learn to dose low, which would be right now to just try to do it tiny little, just a, just a tiny little push with the feet. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and see sense of the, the system engaging. Yes, you got it. And it's that, it's exactly that sense of something engaging that I'm going for. And for some people, you, you can discover that you need to go to a really, really low dose to get that engagement. And if that's the case, it tells you that you are touching into an area where there is hypo-response. Or you can have areas where it feels, it's fine. I, I like pushing a little with a little strength and that gives me more fullness. So there are variations to dosing is really a process in the here and now. Yeah. And to do small, really small muscular activations that way brings energy in. And then if you, if you don't do it too much and then let go, but you do it and then you let go very gently then the energy stays there. Yeah, so there's kind of a pulsing, a gentle pulsing. Yeah, and that happens when energy comes in and it starts having a, a, a natural flow. Yeah. It's a little activation, there's a little rest. And I think that is basically a natural flow in the body. Mm -hmm. But it's that flow that we lose in areas of our body. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm, I'm noticing as you're describing this, as I'm following your description of it, as I'm following in my body what's happening, mm -hmm. uh, is I'm noticing that, of course, it's not just um, the physicality of the engagement of the legs, but there's an engagement of the mindful part of the mind, you know, of that, uh, that gentle attention, yes. you know, um, and that paying attention to the rhythm that also engages the mindful part of our functioning. Yes. yes. And you, now you use the word gentle, and that is a key word. If we want to um, include and um, get to know and modify our hypo-responsive places, we need to do it gently. Because these places are the ones that are, they are really, really good at just going invisible. If we feel pressure there, we can just, we can just uh, go underground, you know? And if we want to change that process, it's, it's like uh, approaching uh, an animal that is withdrawing, right? You don't, and, and you have to do that with gentleness. And you have to do it gradually to be successful. And it's, it's that, it's that uh, uh, you could say, thinking or, or experience that lies in this concept of dosing. Mm -hmm. It's a very mm -hmm. gentle activation that gives us the chance of getting out of kind of being at the mercy of the flaccidity. Because flaccidity really brings us into a more vulnerable state. The places where we are not filled out, we can't protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can't take action. 
we tend to go one down. We tend to go victim. So the whole process is about how do we bring energy back into those places so we can become in charge again. And we can take ownership up of what is it that lives in me in those places. So there's a lot of authority work I, I, in it. Yeah. I wanted to just repeat something you said that in this process, um, that gentleness, that slowness, that mindfulness, um, it corresponds to the experience of that curiosity about what is it, you know, that I can again take ownership of that potential power that right now has been switched off. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go back to that. If I go back to the example of the client yesterday, when she got energy back into her legs, um, the first thing that happened was that she, uh, she got back her orientation capacity. So suddenly she could look at this whole situation with her boss uh, from a much more resourced place. She could even start laughing about it. Um, and she could start feeling the frustration that she had left. So part of what had made her go flaccid in her legs was that she didn't know how to or forgot how to contain her own frustration. So then going flaccid in her legs, she couldn't feel the frustration, but she lost her orientation and her capacity to impact the situation. Right, right. So let's go a little more slowly there. So the, the thing there is... Um, the interrelated relationship with her boss is very, very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and there is so much frustration that she simply cannot tolerate it. So yeah. she automatically turns it off. Yeah. And as she turns off the energy in the legs, she mm-hmm. obviously doesn't have a leg to stand on and she's disoriented. Yes. And feeling, again, access to the energy in the legs helps the grounding and helps orient. Yes. And what gave the success was to do it gently enough. She did it very gently, right? Which speaks to the amount of overwhelm she had actually been in. So if I had asked her to... to, uh, get a lot of energy back into your legs, she would have split even more probably, or she would have gone overwhelmed in the session. So the success of the process was lying in doing it very gently and asking her to find the dosage that resourced her, mm-hmm. which was very small. It was tiny little in the beginning. And then suddenly comes this moment where what you said before, that, that, that something engaged again in her legs, right? She, suddenly she felt this experience, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> my, my legs are still here. Um, and this, it's, it's actually touching for me every time it happens. Yeah. Because it's like people get back to themselves. People find 
refined ownership of themselves. And then a lot of skills come back, right? Then she stands better on her feet and then she can orient and then we can start uh, regulating the emotions. Where if we had tried to do that before she had re-owned her legs, it would be a very different process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also between us, because then I would be, the, the risk of us going, uh, going into dominant submission would be very high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So I want to, to maybe um, put this in a context of, say, other approaches to, to trauma. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like in this one, um, you could say there's that sense of the titration Yes. But the titration is really in engaging the resource while going into the trauma so that um, that it's not about having the resource then going into the trauma, but you're engaging the resource, which then allows you to feel the possibility of confronting the trauma. Or do you yes. want to address that a little bit, the similarities and differences? Well, I think you, you get it. Uh quite precisely that that what you gain by by doing this muscular work of regaining activity in the, the muscles that have gone flaccid is that you build up resources so you can relate differently to the trauma in that sense the trauma itself is less important what is much more important is how you regain what you lost so that you can tolerate facing something that is stressful without losing yourself again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so, that sense, I'm, I'm not very interested in the stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so that sense, you, you said, yeah. in that sense, the trauma is less important because yes. the focus is on regaining the use of the resource. Yes. Yeah. And with that, there's some similarity, actually, to, to Stephen Huskinson. Um, I heard a, a talk of him the other day, and I, I just found some similarity. And he, he speaks the same, that it's not the story in itself that kind of holds the solution. But it's finding the resources that start emerging and supporting them and i think that is a parallel to what it is i'm doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, with this very specific focus on um uh, getting out of the loss of resources yeah. that lies in the flaccidity yeah yeah, yeah. re-empowering the system yeah and yeah. then the balance between the person and the trauma changes i heard people say that so many times that when they have more resources in the body the trauma gets smaller right so so i like to stay with that image the balance between you know within the person the balance between the trauma and the resources shifts so yes. if we had uh, a circle a pie you know uh, at first the trauma is takes the bigger size but yes. you uh, you build up the resource and then they expand and the trauma shrinks in that in that uh, pie correct yeah yeah good image yeah. and that doesn't mean that it, that it wasn't a trauma 
And, no. But it means that you can then be more curious about it. And also be more curious about what is still left inside this story that you, that you would like to look at. But, but you can do it from a much more resourced place. Yeah, yeah. But so again, the focus here is very much on engaging with the difficulty, the trauma. Uh, and it's about, so it's not understanding the trauma. Uh, it's building the resource that with the idea that the resource itself will naturally take care of the trauma because you restore the yes. organism's capacity to yes. engage with what is too difficult. Yes. And, and that's it, 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 exactly in that process, I have found that this focus on the kind of the lost parts, the parts that, 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 that have gone invisible is very, very, very valuable. Right, because they are the, the parts that we so easily forget to pay attention to because they, they are not noisy. Mm -hmm. Like the tense parts, they, they show up in the process. Where these, the flaccid parts, you actually need to, to um, approach them. You, you need to know that they are there and then ask about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe let's talk a little bit more about that, because by definition, it's very hard to notice them. Yes. And what you pointed out earlier is you said, okay, one way to notice them, well, if you have a habit of doing it, then you're mm -hmm. going to have markers and you can go back to past experience and compare it. Yes. But if you don't have so much of that habit, you know, uh, how do you do that? And you said, pay attention to different parts of the body you know, some that are more tense, less tense. But do you want to elaborate a little bit on that for somebody who's never done it? Uh, how do you notice the flaccidity? Um, basically, I, there, there are two ways. One is the comparison method that I talked about before. And most people can get some felt sense of if if uh, you have more energy up or down or back or front or r right or left or that that's helpful for many people so, then, so let, me, let me sorry, let me just say so then if instead of focusing on is it flaccid or not maybe yeah. the first level is to just say okay so i'm looking for where i have more energy Yes. And so then the others have less energy and so yes. it's not necessarily calling it flaccid but just no. saying, I'm noticing the differences in the way my yes. energy is flowing. Yes. Okay. And, and then pay attention to those where there's less energy and give them some value. I think that's another very important part of it because honestly, uh, hypo states have low status in general. It's uh, uh, many people are ashamed of them. Uh, it doesn't feel good to be um, given up, right? So there's a, there's a normalization that needs to happen, an inclusion, a welcoming, a curiosity, uh, you know, to, to, to really include them actively. Do you get that? And that's part of the method. It's to, it's to give that conscious attention, give them value. 
But so to use the example you were talking about your client from yesterday, yeah. uh, with uh, certainly less energy in the lower part of the body, yes. so in what sense um, is the experience of giving them value? Uh, is it just, for instance, to say, oh, I want to pay attention to them? Or what else is the, the, does, it, you know, does the intention, uh, how do you experience that intentionality? Just the, just the fact that I, as the therapist, ask her about, so where are, your, where are the parts in your body where there's less energy? Just me asking that question gives them value. Okay. And that's what I pointed out before. It's that tension shows itself. Low energy doesn't. Hypostates don't show themselves. So somebody needs to reach for it. Right? And when you do that, if you can do that from a neutral place or just a normalized place, I know they are there, these, these uh, uh, parts of, of uh, the client. I know they are in me. I can, so I can also give examples. If it's very difficult for a person to find where they are, I'll give my own examples. First, to go first in normalizing that this is part of all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if I did, when you say you give your own examples, it would be to say, you know, for instance, right now I have exactly. more energy in my torso exactly. and my in my shoulders yeah. and less yeah. in my legs. Yes. Okay. Or I, if I did it right now, I I could say that I am aware of this very typical pattern in me, where when I'm on, when I'm when I'm performing in a way. Um, I have this tendency for tensing up in my out in the outside of my legs, so I'm I'm very much here, yeah. you know. And then where is it? I go flaccid. I go a little bit flaccid, not a lot, but I do get a little bit flaccid on the inside instead. Right? And if I balance that, I get calmer inside. And how do I balance it? I change the. I changed how my feet are positioned on the ground. So instead of letting them go to the outside, I let them go to the inside and do a tiny little push with the inside of my feet. And as, as soon as I do that, I feel the engagement all the way up on my inside, inside of legs, pelvic floor, front side of my body. Okay. And so and, just. And then I get a little happier, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so just in describing this, uh, you have normalized it and you have shown what is yes. good for and, and yes. how to do it. Yes. Yeah. And, and then there is uh, the, there's this other way of um, if people have a very hard time tracking where it could be, I tell them, don't, don't bother about that. It is difficult. So let's just do a number of exercises. And if you notice that it really feels good for you to do some of the exercises tiny, small, or just small, then you are starting to track parts of your body that very likely have hyper-response in them. You get it? So instead of going for tracking it directly, you go for tracking it by doing something small and noticing how that works for you. So do you want to give an example of one such exercise? Yeah. Now we already, I already mentioned the one with the legs, 
so uh, we can do one with the with the arms instead. Um, I'll, I'll I'll lift my arms to to show what I mean. You you put your fingertips together, right? But do it in your lap. So let, let your shoulders relax and then just put fingertips together. And then just try out the possibility of letting them push gently, small into each other. You can also do it with more strength, then it may get a little clearer to you which muscles activate. But what, what activates is the whole front side both the connective tissue and the muscles in your chest and your stomach. And then experiment with dosing it. Just check out, is there any dosage that in some ways feel better in your body than another dosage? And then to have something to compare with, we can do the other side of the trunk which would, would be activating the support muscles in the back you can do that by making your elbows move just a tiny bit backwards and if you want more a kind of more physicality to it you can let your put your fingers like this and let them pull uh, outwards right again in your lap and that little movement activates the whole support system in your back. And again, you can play with dosing. But you can do it tiny little, with or without the fingers. And one way of, of looking for functional dosage is also paying attention to your breath. Because if you find a good dosage, the tendency is that then it feels easy to breathe. If you sit there and struggle in any ways uh, and, and you, your breath is, is contracted or you barely breathe, you haven't found a good dosage. And then you either try to do a little more or a little less. And for many, many people, this thing with training to do less is a, is a whole learning process in itself. Because we're so trained in that when something is difficult, we need to do more. Right, right. And, and you very often benefit when something is difficult, try to do it smaller. Yeah, yeah. And so that sense of it is, I'm, you know, I've been doing it as you were describing it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I noticed for me, the larger effort felt more satisfying. But on the other hand, the smaller effort, um, I had more of the perception of what was happening. Yeah. I was more in touch with yeah. the, um, um, so the, in yeah. some way it felt bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Th there is that, you know, uh, um, I very often have the same doubleness myself. Part of me really likes using physical power. I have a quite strong body and I like using it. So I can get energy from using my strength and I get a certain fullness in my muscles with that. When I do it much smaller, I get to a more subtle awareness of my own body. And I also get parts of me engaged that don't engage when I use more power. 
So I think many of us have that doubleness, right? That it's not an either or. I mean, it's not wrong to use our physical power. It's just, it just plays a different role, mm-hmm. right? And if we, if we know that and we are used and we like that, we need to learn to go for the other part also because it's so easy to not go for that. Yeah. No, so it's, that's what I train people in. It's to be able to access both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. And it is more subtle. The low dosing is a subtle sensation. Uh, mm. And you, you called it that it feels that it, there's a bigness to it. And I, I'm with you in that. It's like when you, when you activate something really gentle, or gently, there's an expansion in it. So then, having done these two exercises, I would always ask people, so what was your preference? Right? Which one I would ask a group. So who of you liked the one with the front side, the fingertips? And then I would ask, so what kind of resources did you gain from it? Right? And very typical answers would be, um, I feel more gathered, I feel more protected, um, I feel more centered, and it's logical. I mean, there's no, you, you, you activate the whole front side, which means that you, you get a better boundary on your front side. You literally physically gather yourself. Mm-hmm. And then others uh, will like the support from the back and typical words for that would be that they, what do they say? They say uh, that they feel strength often or they uh, carry themselves better. They, they kind of, they straighten up uh, in a natural way or they can lean into their backs or words like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the 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 method in the methodology in it is that it's important that people choose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, because in the flaccid parts, that's what we lost. We yeah. lost our capacity to choose. Yeah, yeah. So that's a sense of um, exploring um, the yeah. possibility beyond yeah. the current state. Yes. And noticing what really feels right yeah. uh, in order to focus on that. And so it, that's what helps you get that sense of not just grounding, but also orienting. Because mm-hmm. in that sense is I am, I want. Yeah. yeah. Grounding, orienting, containment. Um, possibility to, to take action and possibility of, to feel. Because sometimes there are also emotions that emerge. As soon as you get more gathered, you may get access to what emotions it was that you left behind. Yeah, I would assume it's possible to find that kind of engagement without having some emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But it may take time. Sometimes it it takes a while before the information is available. And I think that, again, is a difference between working with the tension or working with the low energy. Mm-hmm. The low energy process is slower. Also in accessing what is 
what is uh, lying inside of the of the strategy. The information comes slower. Yeah. 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 Because it's absent in there. Yes. I want to touch briefly upon the difference between this and uh, hypoactivation of the ANS. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I thought of the same. Yeah. It, you know, reactions in the autonomic nervous system, they are, they are in a way, they impact the totality of the body and they impact the physiology. So in, in, they impact your temperature regulation, your heart regulation, your, um, yeah, much, much bigger systems not only the muscle system, right? So uh, they are, and, and we can't, they are, um, they are not happening uh, from our consciousness. They are instinctive, right? So you can't discuss with your autonomic nervous system. It does what it does. So the benefit of working with the muscles is that if you gain more fullness of your muscle system, it impacts, it helps regulate the autonomic nervous system. Right? So if we look at this difference between hypo-response in the muscles and hypo-arousal in the nervous system, if you're close to hypo-arousal, you can have experience, experiences of real collapse. Right? Kind mm -hmm. of a total collapse. How do we approach that in a way where we don't just uh, jump into the abyss? How do we actually start uh, integrating an experience of collapse? And that's where I start with working with the, with the lower degree of giving up, which is in the muscle system, so that you get a better container. And then in an image, we can sit together on the edge of the abyss starting to get to know the collapse. But that needs presence enough in the here and now. And that's very difficult to hold if a lot of the muscle system is in flaccidity. Right, right. Then if that's the case and you approach a collapse, then you're going to fall into it. Which right. I do think is why a lot of people are afraid of the experiences of collapse. It's that you, kind of, you get pulled into it. And that's where I slow down that process by, by training this subtle awareness of the body and being able to hold that. So you don't need to polarize to the collapse and you, you don't need to try to get away from it and you don't need to drown in it. Right. You can actually sit and stay present. But so, uh, what we're talking well, about... Did I, answer, did I answer your question? I want to I make sure that I heard okay. you correctly, so I'm going to repeat, you know, in okay. my words. So that, um, you know, in a situation of ANS collapse, yeah. uh, there is that pull toward the abyss. Yes. And so, to uh, avoid that, to facilitate working with it, what yeah. you would do is not work with a total ANS collapse, but focus on a specific group of muscles on, yes. a, on a more localized area yeah. so as to give the person the training to yeah. see that it's possible to feel a localized collapse and to feel restoring energy to it 
Yes. And so in that sense, build up the faith in the possibility of work, of being in the presence of collapse without falling into it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got that. And that, that work is, you could say, it's both working with the muscles, but it's also doing it in a relationship. The relationship is, we haven't talked a lot about that, but the relationship is actually a, a big component in being able to to um, energize these flaccid muscles again. It's, the, it's my acceptance or the therapist's acceptance and normalization and inclusion of low energy that makes it easier for the client to do it. And that, that dynamic really matters if we are close to a deep giving up. My faith in that I know that I can sit here on the edge together with you and we can look at the collapse, but we don't need to fall in. And we do that by doing small, gentle, precise activations in our bodies. And we do that together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe I'm repeating this thing. Um, we can sit at the edge of the collapse without yeah. falling into it. Yes. Because what we are doing is we practice together, mm-hmm. observing in limited areas of yeah. the collapse and activation and feeling the energy. And so together we build that capacity to stay at yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that feels like a good place. Does it feel like a good place to end or would you want to add something? Hmm. Um, no, this I like ending here. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, <Mary>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is part of the Relational Implicit podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to relationalimplicit.com.